Okay, so we'll begin the <clears throat> afternoon program, which uh, morning program was an opportunity to just practice together and uh, uh, listen to Dhamma. And uh, now that we've had the meal offering, everybody is replete. Uh, and uh, uh, the last the afternoon program is is this uh, uh, I mean the whole purpose of the gathering really is a, uh, as a uh, as a benefit for Portland friends of the Dhamma and to uh, um, and uh, come together and just make the needs known of the uh, uh, of the center so that uh, people can help. Uh, and join in as uh, as as they can. Um, certainly, the uh, uh, say for from my perspective, uh, you know, I think the uh, uh, having a a lay center in the city is just extremely valuable and and uh, and important. Uh, refuge for for many many people, uh, so to uh, for people to be able to uh, recognize that uh, <clears throat> uh, it's not. I mean, one, it's not Sakula's, uh, and she is uh, passing it on the leadership to Jessica. But it's not Jessica's, and it's uh, it's not any individual. Um, it is a uh, uh, um, it's a collective. Uh, it's a com community uh, that uh, that is. Uh, you all have to sort of be a part of it for it to function, uh, and uh, and uh, and in in uh, in order. For it to function, uh, it requires um, various forms of of service and generosity. And part of it is financial. Certainly, the uh, 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 being able to have a financial security for the uh, stability of the. Um, Property is really important. Um, being able to to know that you've got a place and you're not going to. Well, the thing is, is uh, uh, and that's one of the problems is you can't even get a bank loan, <laughs> so the banks can't even kick you out. Which is exactly why they won't give you a loan because as a religious nonprofit, then they won't uh, banks as an institution don't want to deal with it so then various people have helped by giving kind of loans and and uh, and there are as uh, a commitment on the part of the partner friends of the dhamma to to be able to repay that and uh, uh, so that is uh, uh, you know everybody helping out in uh, as as you can and uh, and then there's 
mean, that's one element, and not everybody has the financial means to to be able to share, uh, but to you know, want to consider well, what can one what can one help with? Um, but I think also just being able to help with the the the, um, the, the physical aspect of maintenance of the building, uh, keeping it keeping it clean. I mean, it, that's, it's amazing how dirty stuff gets. <laughs> you know, I mean, anybody who's a homeowner realizes that. Anybody who lives anywhere, uh, you realize it's, uh, you got to maintenance. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, a building of Ayagiri, and we had... We were incredibly fortunate because we had a very, very good contractor and we had a really, really good project manager who there was a lot of continuity over 20 years, 20 odd years, uh, 20 years anyway. And, uh, and of course, as young, enthusiastic, idealistic monks you, see, you keep coming up with all these fantastic plans <laughs> and ideas <laughs> and uh and you could be in the meetings and you just throw this around throw that or everybody getting excited about this new idea of doing something in a certain way and and uh you'd always after a while you'd hear the uh, the project manager maintenance <laughs> you build it you got to look after it and how you build it also conditions how it so i mean one you've got an old building so it actually takes takes more to a certain degree more maintenance i mean this is you're very fortunate it's a really i mean to have a structure where you you don't have any You've got a nice gathering space with no pillars. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, so you've got a great shrine space, meditation space with a, a downstairs gathering space and a kitchen. It's 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 sort of really perfect for for the needs of a of a city center. So looking after it, and, and that, that takes you know, certain volunteers and different. Uh, Part of the, or say, organization of the, the structure is is how do we look after it and who's going to help out with that? And these are things to just pay attention to, and uh, and then the different programs. Uh, I, mean, I think that there's probably I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I bet there's been a hiatus in in many of the programs that that, that you had before and. Okay, now that the and to say that the pandemic is coming to an end is a misnomer, as evidenced by me. I'm just getting over getting over about a COVID. So and Sakula as well. So that, uh, but you know, there's, there's still they're looking to you know. I'm sure. Well, what else are we? How are we going to do it? Well, what what's that work? So. Is people's input and energy is really uh, appreciated, and uh, 
Um, so that that just uh, thinking those things through. How can I? How can I help? Um, and uh, how can I be of service? Because that's that's oftentimes one of the <clears throat> problems in, especially in a. a Western culture, American culture in, in particular, um, say as a non-American, uh, I have my beefs. <laughs> well, I got an American passport. But I don't... <laughs> and citizenship. Yeah. I, I don't... I... <laughs> It's not just a passport. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, and you should realize I actually know the Constitution much better than most Americans. <laughs> you have to learn that stuff when you get citizenship. <laughs> but the, the, I mean, that, that, that sense of, you know, what's in it for me is, is, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a beautiful place to be happy from. Uh, and so that, oh, how can I help the group? How can I be of service to others is, is really a, an important avenue for, for one's own well-being. And, and uh, you know, and not in any, uh, trying to make it natural, because one of the things that, that is, is a, you know, for Dhamma practice, and particularly, <clears throat> Say the the uh, monastic practice as say myself and Ajahn Sudantu, who are also ordained in Thailand and spend quite a bit of time. One of the things that is really obvious is that monasteries belong to the community. Uh, they're they're open spaces, uh, and so and and the. Uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, yeah giving and sharing and and uh, and uh, mutual benefit that is is a part of that. So similarly, with the uh, <clears throat> with the uh, uh, with a, a center like this, um, is that that uh, you know there's a you you you're developing community uh, and learning how to to support each other, uh, learning how to, uh, how you can be a part of each other's lives. Uh, and in the sense of Kalyanamitta, this just being good friends in good spiritual friendships. And, you know, sometimes, <clears throat> like there's, for me as a monastic, you know, there's people who I've known for a long time um, as say monastics, and we might not see each other for maybe even years, but then you sit down, have a cup of coffee, and you just pick up again because there's this connection of of dhamma and community, uh, and uh, you know. And similarly, as it's important friends of dhamma, you're developing a community, and you might not necessarily, you know, think in terms of. Uh, Trying to be buddy buddy with everybody, but it's just learning how to um, share the the same aspiration and share the same values or similar values. It's really it's really important. 
and that uh, community then starts to span you know, all the uh, <clears throat> different age groups, ethnic groups, uh, whatever, all the different disparities that, that when you focus on identi identity or identification, you sort of realize, no, a commitment to practicing dhammas is a commitment to living with with well-being and ease as a goal rather than trying to have trying to have an identity whoa hey how do you do it which is a, such a novel concept uh, how do you how do you even conceive of it it's, it's a worth worthy of reflection and certainly I'll say that, yeah generosity and integrity are are foundations that it's built on so yeah, giving and sharing so that that's you know supporting the the community in in what a whatever way one can so it's it's uh, and you realize that that's uh, <clears throat> that ends up being that which um, nurtures nourishes our practice nourishes our own well-being uh, and that sense of of, uh, uh, of giving, sharing, uh, and and having um, having these these friendships of, of, of that are based in based in dhamma. So that's certainly the uh, you know as a I think in the early early days of. Sakula being inspired by the monastery and coming up here. I think that was what that was what you're hoping. I, I want to have a community. Sort of there because she'd been at the monastery and there's a community there. <clears throat> and uh, and realizing that that that's a, a nourishing quality for oneself, but it's a, it's something that so many people can benefit from and as uh, you know in smaller and larger ways in some people more consistent some people less consistent it doesn't really matter and there is no sort of ideal form uh, but it's just uh, realizing that one can uh, uh, can help out one can can uh, be a part of something and one can can really benefit from it and when one does uh, reflect on, recollect. Uh, it brings happiness. Uh, you know, I think back to my own. As I said, this is my fiftieth year as a monk coming up, and and uh, you know, I look back, and <clears throat> you know, it isn't really all of my dazzling insights and wisdom <laughs> that stands out. <laughs> it's, it's much more my, the, the feeling of incredible good fortune to have been in contact with good people, both monastics and lay people over all this time. And it's, it's that connection with, uh, with good people that, that uh, is really, uh, to me, uh, important and nourishing, and and then when 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 that is 
one sees that, then it's quite natural to want to, to help, to reciprocate, to try to give, to try to try to support as best one can. And so this to the encouragement of 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 seeing how one can be uh, uh, plugging in and helping out in different ways that important friends of the dumb. I'll uh, offer that as a reflection. I invite uh, Ajahn Sudanto to uh, say a few words as well. So we're asked um, if I would add a few uh, comments to our session today on this occasion. I'm kind of gathering to try not to move. Um, to gather together and, and practice and also just uh, reflect on the needs of the community here. Um, I think it comes to mind for me on occasions such as this is kind of just to revisit the history and zoom out and uh, establish a heightened awareness and also gratitude for uh, what's been built here, the uniqueness of it. Um, and the value it might continue to provide both for all of us here today and also people yet to come. Um, I trained in Thailand with Lumpur Pasano um, in the early 90s and uh, came to spend time at a Baigiri in 1998, June 1998, actually. So, um, it wasn't too long after that that Sukula started coming down to Abhaigiri. I think she had had a retreat with Hachin Amro and was completely inspired <laughs> um, by his teaching and, um, and in particular, the teachings of Ajahn Chah and the Force Monks of the Theravadan tradition. And um, I seem to remember her coming down about once a month or something, doing these heroic drives fueled by what was it kit kats or jelly beans or junior mint and it seemed like at least once a month and for a time she rented a room next to the monastery and a little room across the street at uh, what used to be called Malou's or Moria's or um and he said 22,000 was the establishment of this. Uh, I was up visiting. Um, poorly, my father was close to dying and uh, visited the first iteration of Friends of the Dhamma. It's on Thurman. Northwest. Yeah, Northwest Thurman. Uh, a subletted room there. Um, and uh, then a couple years later, moved over to Tacoma. Um, and then it's been what, 10 years? Or... Yeah. Eight or nine years. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of reflecting on the evolution of there not really being a presence kind of here in, in Portland for four spunks and uh, people that wanted to draw near to the Theravadan um, teachings 
um, and you know the the tradition, the structure, um, what I think of is just beautiful um, clarity uh, of those teachings um, being practiced and embodied by real life sanghas of monks and nuns and lay men and lay women. Um, and uh, when I arrived in Thailand, the most surprising thing when I went to Wat Pananachat was just how much the monasteries, even a forest monastery, um, focused so sincerely on solitude and meditation and practice um, was integrated and appreciated and a part of the local communities. Um, one of the first day I arrived at Wat Nanachat was one of the observance days and at least a hundred people were pouring into the monastery in the morning, um, bringing food and preparing to spend the day with their Kalyanamita and the monastic Sangha, uh, taking precepts, offering a meal, um, listening to Dhamma, and then even in the unscheduled parts of the day, kind of doing helping around the monastery or reading Dhamma books, talking with their Dhamma friends, and in the evening gathering again to uh, practice together with the monks and listen to more Dhamma and meditate through the night. Um, and uh, it was something I had not been exposed to at all. Um, and uh, it was really quite impressive, not only that there was all these dedicated uh, men that had come to sort of take up robes and train and live in a very sincere way to practice Dhamma deeply, but there was all these people sort of that lived in the surrounding villages and people that lived in the nearby cities and towns and people would even fly up from Bangkok uh, for these occasions, which happened every week. <laughs> Um, to practice Dhamma together, and it became really apparent that um, you know there was there was real community and real friendships and relationships that created like a structure for this. It was not abstract; it was very much kind of grounded, sort of in the principles of Dhamma, but also in the principles of community and sangha and relationship. And um, that that really gave me more confidence that what I was doing wasn't just chasing some uh, flighty romantic ideal of a young man enthralled with <laughs> Buddha Dhamma, um, but that it was something kind of more holistic and integrated into the, the world and into communities and um, Um, flash forward kind of to the time we're in now or um, living and practicing in America um, we still don't really have um, nearly the reach of local monasteries uh, spread about all the areas where people would like to kind of practice Dhamma and even fewer and far between our kind of lay centers and communities like this um, so Sukula doesn't have to drive to California every month now, and neither do you. Um, but what's surprising, like 
all these decades later is, is still really rare that you have a city center like this um, that is kind of led by um, experienced uh, Dhamma practitioners who have been taking refuges and precepts that they've studied and practiced deeply and they've developed some skill in organizing organizing a center getting a sort of established a place um, and they're running programs for people that uh, are inspired to take an interest in taking refuges and precepts and um, connecting with the uh, with the original teachings of the Buddha um, and building a community um, to kind of support um, people drawing near to that, but also support people that are trying to live Dhamma, not just practice Dhamma. Um, and it's of particular benefit, I think, to us as forest monastics, because we, we don't want to live in the city. <laughs> I was just talking to Lumpur this morning establishing forest monasteries and uh this might sound a little selfish but <laughs> i'm a little more easy in my uh, hermetic inclinations knowing that there's senior teachers here who are well versed in the suttas and well versed in practicing all the aspects of buddha dhamma um and it's you know it it really is a nice kind of balance um to have um cities city centers um, and then the monks can live in the forest um, and in proximity so that it's still not difficult i mean jim drove us in today it took an hour and i was like beautiful drive down the river and uh, quite often people are coming out to visit the hermitage to participate jessica just organized a beautiful bisaka puja gathering and uh, people came out and took refuges and precepts and offered a meal with the monastics, received some blessing chants and a reflection, and fairly quickly we cleaned up and went on with our days. So it works. Um, and uh, when I meet with other monastics um, that are familiar with what's going on here, they always have very praiseworthy sort of things to say, you know, like Ajahn Sona says. It's a model for Christ's sakes, you know, like, why aren't other people copying it? <laughs> the model community. So, um, and uh, I feel the same way. So, um, and there's a great value in having a building and having a place. Um, I probably wouldn't have been able to deign it, what, not a shot, if it hadn't existed for the time. I think it had been... Uh, in existence for about 20 years when I showed up or something. And those days it was really hard to find um, Theravada teachings, but even harder to find a, a place where uh, English-speaking people <laughs> or non-Thais could sort of um, get good training and enter the Sangha. And uh, I was reflecting on this the other day. There, there used to be like little newsletters or some guy used to publish this book and it would be horribly out of date by the time they got it into print about all the buddhist centers and places you could go or whatnot um, but uh to have a place and to, and to maintain it and have it exist for a while and i think in particular this place in portland is known as the portland dhamma center is that the 
that was his on the yeah the building is the portland dama center and it's it's a known establishment where people come and practice dama and have for decades now so in fact when i came back from thailand i was visiting my parents and ajanamara was here giving a talk and i was able to bring my parents from vancouver over and he gave this beautiful talk on the five precepts and they were still a little kind of iffy about me being a monk and what this whole buddhist thing was but ajanamara had him totally sold i was like that guy's smart and funny and made sense <laughs> i said yeah I know. it does and then they let me go to california <laughs> Joey Nigel Buster, so um so yeah that was 1998 so and it's just it's every time i come i feel like it's just such a lovely um space and opportunity and it's by nature um the familiar is something that we can easily kind of take for granted so i think on occasions like this it's nice to kind of lift up and reflect and try to um, help fill in sort of our, our sense of just what's on offer here how unique and rare it is and uh try to sort of inspire ourselves to uh keep it going and uh pay it forward as they say so um, so i'm happy i can join today and it's good to see so many people coming out and also so many people on on the uh visio monitor in front of us here i see some old friends so it's been a really sweet day <laughs>